Hello and welcome to the next episode of The Podcast, a cannabis podcast for budding enthusiasts. As always, you're joined by your boy Heavy Days, and this show could not happen without the support from our amazing sponsors. Seeds here now, number one seed bank in the game, all the hottest breeders, all the freshest strains, and guess what? Guarantee on satisfaction, not just germination. Why would you shop anywhere else? You're guaranteed to be happy at the end of the grow. If not, hit them up. They'll fix you up. What more could you need? They've got it all. Well, actually, I'll tell you what you need. you got to hit up our other amazing sponsors, Coppet Biological Systems. They've got all the best, newest, and improved microbial powders, beneficial predators, and feeds to keep your garden happy, healthy, pest-free, and the best harvest to date. Be sure to check out their new Spidex Vital, a predator mite with the proof of predation color changing system where the Persimilis mites will change from white to red after they've eaten spider mites so you can be sure they're doing their job. Go check them out, Coppet Biological Systems, your friends at keeping the pests at bay. Finally, a huge shout out to the Patreon gang. You guys are the lifeblood of the show. I'm sure you've all heard it a million times. Well, guess what? I'm going to tell you again. If you want access to early content, exclusive episodes, giveaways, and more, go check out www.patreon.com forward slash the podcast. These guys really do help make the show happen. And without them, I don't know where I'd be. On this episode, we're joined by the man in the industry with his feet on the ground, Mr. James Bean, to run over the 2020 Breeder Awards for the year. You got your own ideas and picks on who is the hottest breeder, hottest clone, hottest strain, MVP of the year? I hope so. Let's see if they match up to ours. Let's get into it. Alrighty, gang, we are back for the 2020 Breeder Awards for the year. I'm joined, as always, by the man in the thick of the scene, the Bean Master himself, Mr. James Bean. Thank you so much for joining us. How you doing? How you doing? I'm good, my friend. How are you? Uh, it's been it's been it's been a bumpy 2020, but you know, uh, I didn't get sued by any processors or have any banks trying to rip my shit off, or you know, <laughs> the website stayed up, so I'm I'm good. I'm good. Wow, this is unheard of. How did you manage to do it? I don't know. Uh, I haven't had a credit card processor all year, so you know maybe that's how they didn't, they weren't able to steal my money because I didn't give it to them. And the guys, you know, finally got the case dropped. The where the, the processor tried to sue me for two hundred thousand. Got that dropped this year. Uh, didn't do an Emerald Cup, so that helped with finances. Uh, didn't do trade shows. That helped. Uh, <laughs> last day at home. That's a really brilliant point you bring up. I think for the past 12 months, I've been talking to many guests on the show about whether or not they think the Emerald Cup will be something they do in future years or any of the broader events for that fact. But I think Emerald Cup's a pretty focal one. What's your thoughts on the Emerald Cup itself and should we expect to see seeds here now in the future? Well, I, I don't think you'll see my booth there. Um we, I think we did our last working with them when I had the the uh, ten booths at the last show there. Um, I, I think that will be our you know end of it. And I think and, and I think the whole the whole vibe is just going to change. Period because of rec. You know, rec comes in and it smashes everything and it says no smoking in public and it kills all the shows. No public consumption. So you know, uh, it it has to change. It's inevitable. 
Yeah, and I mean, a bit of a hairy topic, but I remember around the time of REC coming in, in California at least, there was lots of discussion from the pro-REC people about how it's going to bring, like it's going to increase the consumer base. You're going to get more casual enthusiasts. There's going to be more money in circulation for everyone. But from what I've seen over the past three or four years now, it seems as though it's almost caused the real diehard market to fall off a bit. And there, sure enough, there is a lot of people casually consuming cannabis, but it feels like our sort of crew of people who are like, you know, the real down the rabbit hole fanaticals, it, it kind of feels like it's died off a little bit. What's your thoughts on that? I, I think it has. As the, as the shows in the West were passed first back in 2010, 2011, as the shows in the West, the wreck has caught up with them, they've become less cannabis friendly. Like, sure, sell it, do this and that, or talk about it, but you can't sell any of it. And all the big players, your, our, your crowd, our crowd, would be tied up in a rec market now or have a, have a recreational facility. Therefore, they don't want to you know mess up their facility or their license because they want to go out and sell some beans at a show. And so um, it, it, has, it has fallen off. And, you know, like, you know, the laws have caught up with, with, uh, with, with the shows. You know, there's not any high times cups in Seattle or Portland or California anymore. It's, it's going to be very rough for anybody to participate in those shows as a producer or somebody who makes genetics because they have, you know, potentially can lose all their, all their, uh, their licensing and everything. Yeah, it's an interesting position it's put us in. I mean, you might be in a bit of a good position to answer this one, but have you spoken to any of your breeders or any associates you have who are kind of happy with the way it's all panned out, or do most people sort of wish it maybe panned out a little differently? What's your thoughts? Uh, well, I think that everybody is not happy with their laws independently. Like there are just a, as, as a general consensus, they all are not thrilled with the way things are going. I know um, when exotic first got his wreck in Washington, shit was rough for him. You know, that guy doesn't, isn't, you know, multi-billionaire and have all this stuff and all these, all these, all this money. And, and so the beginning of his wreck shops in, in Washington was, was, was rough. You know what I mean? It was, it was a rough start and they put a lot of restraints on him, so to say, but he's been able to get through it. But, um, but no, everybody, you know, like there, there's so many things wrong with like, the Washington law, for example, no home grow. Um, there's California law, for example, they, 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 it was six per person per household. Now it's six per address. And so they're just, you know, and no, no taxes on medical. Now it's now they're taxing medical. How do you, how do you tax on medicine? You know, but so I think that, you know, they sold them a bill, a bill of shit for the, for the California one. And everybody's shit about that when it pissed off and, because you know, just what they didn't want to happen was big, big corporate cameras to come in, and and they came in and got got cozy. So, yeah, that's interesting, and you raise an interesting point there. Over the past year, we've seen a number of different, um, like well-respected journalistic platforms discuss how some of the big producers have gone bust, most notably in Canada. I think their rec scene has lost incredible amounts of money across the board with just crop failure and companies collapsing and whatnot. You might think that that would lead to an increase in homegrown, but we just heard what you said about they're clamping down on those laws. Whether it's backed by stats or just sort of hunches, do you feel like over the past year more people have started homegrown or do you think more and more people are relying on the rec market? So the people I know think the rec market's a joke. You know what I mean? I, I always make a joke. Oh, I'm gonna smoke this rec weed here. I'm gonna get so much higher. No, it's not. It's not the way it works. Um, 
And so, yeah, our, our sales are up from last year because because of my excellent customer service or my shining personality. But uh, but sales are definitely up than they were last year. Definitely, people are growing home home at more, growing at home more. Um, nobody wants to pay the right prices and nobody knows where that shit came from. They can grow their own and grow it for cheaper. So they're going to do it. All, all you need, especially with autos coming into play now, all you need is a tent and a light and you're good to go. Under 500 bucks, you can get set up. Set up. That's it, right? Autos are really taken off, especially with the advent of new breeders and whatnot. Are there any auto breeders who you're keeping your eye on? I don't lay out my secrets, but I will tell you about my additions. Uh, I recently brought on Gas Reaper. He's been doing it out of Michigan and Ohio for the last 10 years. Um, he's got a strain called D's Runts, which is pretty awesome. <laughs> um, he's got you know, four strings. He, he had a big drop. Uh, as soon as we got it, he sold out over the first weekend. We're looking to get restocked on that right now. But, um, but no, you know, he, was, he gives credit to Mephesto. Um, I've got another gentleman I work with in, in wholesale that does bigger amounts, bulk, like 10,000, 20,000 kilos, you know, two kilos of, of beans at a time, um, doing autos and knocking it out of the park too, so – those will all be coming our way. I'm, I'm not going to buy a kilo, but I've talked to that breeder about buying less quantities and uh, putting them in the best coast packaging. So we'll probably check for those after the first. There you go. Everyone stay tuned. I know that for the longest time I was getting messages from people being like, you know, Mephisto's out of stock. Who do I buy? Whose orders do I buy? And for a minute there, it was kind of hard to give them a good answer, but I think you've just given us a nice one. No, exactly. That was my same my, my same problem is that I thought, you know, not, I at the time, Mephesto was the best in the industry. You know, I called him once and said, hey, you guys just need to scale. How can I help? You know, and, and uh, because we would just, you know, as soon as we get them, they would fly out. And, and that's the same thing. You know, I, if I didn't have Mephesto in stock, people ask me, well, who else? It's like, I, I don't really want to tell you somebody else because I'm not really comfortable or, you know, that confident as I was in Mephesto. I'd rather give you Mephesto if I had it. No, I really have a second. But now, you know, those uh, industries changed in the last couple of years. And um, these guys have worked with Infesto before, used a couple of their males in a in couple of projects. Uh, but, uh, yeah, I mean, Infesto uh, uh, is still great, but you know, there's, other people are going to come up as well. Yeah, of course. Well, speaking about that, I think this might be a nice little segue into our first award, which is Hottest Newcomer on the Scene. Oh. Before we get into that, I, I want to say this will this will segment nicely, I think. But I wanted to thank you and your audience for having me on and doing these shows with me. I you make me feel like a superstar out here when you do these interviews with a little with a little bean thrower. So I appreciate you, your audience, and you know your faith in me and everything else. And I, I definitely appreciate that. And uh, I have to make a retraction. Um, I may have said in a couple of shows here or there, most likely, so uh, that I wasn't you know thrilled on, on Jungle Boys gear. I was like, you know, those guys are growers, they're not breeders. I wouldn't, I don't know if I should buy them. I'm gonna retract that statement and say that even though I don't sell them yet, uh, their gear is good. Yeah, you should get it. I've had multiple people uh, run it and tell me that there's multiple multiple keepers per pack. So uh, I retract any, any negative statements. I want to say about them because I don't want to mislead anybody. And even though I don't sell it, I do think it's it's quality gear to get. So thank you, sir. No, I mean, thank you likewise for always supporting the show. We love having you on and gaining the insights and obviously really, really appreciate how you get behind the show and help us to make episodes happen. And more importantly, you know, it's a, a sign of integrity that you're willing to, you know, kind of go back and say, look, you know, I reevaluated. I think these guys are actually doing a good job. 
and uh, maybe we'll talk about them a little more down the track. So yeah. maybe maybe well timed. Uh, so so uh, let's jump into the first award, which is hottest newcomer on the scene. I remember that last year this award was actually won by none other than AK Bean Brains, our friend on the Final Frontier. And he's had a pretty busy year again this year, but we're making way for the new blood. So I'd love to ask, what's your prediction? Who in your mind is the hottest newcomer on the scene? Well, I think that uh, there's definitely some some new guys that I've gotten. You know, uh, you mentioned uh, Envy, of course. Um, or uh, mentioned Big Mace. You know, Bloom could possibly be in that category. For me, it's got to be Soulfire. Um, you know, I've been working with him for you know about two, three years now. But the guy is just—he's uh, really passionate. He's really legit. He had a, uh, a drop set for this winter. I remember because I was in uh, in Oregon, and. Um, he, he was going to drop it. We had the media all done. He was ready to go with it. And then he called me. He's like, you know what? I don't, I don't, I don't think it's ready yet. He's like, I've had some testers. I'm not so sure. I don't, I don't think I'm going to release it. I don't think I'm going to just scrap it and rework the line. That's a, that's a, it's, up, it's up to you. I said, you know, you build your rep. It takes you five years to build your reputation and it takes you five minutes to kill it. And so I think that's a smart idea. And sure enough, he decided to scrap the whole line just because it, it wasn't going to be, it wasn't up to his, his standard. And so he scrapped it and uh, started again. And, you know, he, he released that Don Mega line uh, early, uh, later on in the year and was been, you know, gangbusters. Uh, flew out really, really well. He did some nice stuff for the community as well. So um, I like Soulfires. Really good guy. Hanging out with Exotic. Um, sharing cuts. You know, they've, got, they've got great stuff. So, yeah. I think I will 100% agree with you. The winner of this year's hottest newcomer to the scene is indeed Soulfire Genetics. He has had an insanely big year. He caught my eye very early on in the year when I was browsing the seeds here in our website and I saw all of the YU Jelly fams hit. And I mean, the first thing that caught my eye about that was the fact that he had such lovely photos and specimens of all of the plants grown out, which I think we've discussed in the past is generally a sign of a good breeder. If they're going to show you photos of the grown progeny of what they're trying to sell you, that's just like great first off the bat. And so, yeah, the YU Jelly was caught my eye. And then I did a little digging and found that it used Gelato and the Don Mega male, which makes sense. As you referenced, he had a great year with Don Mega, which is uh, the really cool uh, GMO black banana hybrid. So, you know, pretty popular stuff all around. And then he went even further had his Runts release, which, you know, one of the few breeders who bred with Runts. <laughs> the banana Runts, that stuff flew out of the place. That was hot. Give us some perspective on the banana Runts. How'd that go on the, did that just melt down the servers for you guys? Yeah, pretty much. It was gone on the first day, I do believe. It, it, went, it went super fast. You only had a limited amount of them. Um, I guess Runts doesn't, uh, I'm not sure, doesn't put off a ton of a ton of offspring, so to say. But, uh, but no, yeah, the, they, they came and they went for sure fastly, very fast. Yeah. He had gotten his drop out after Exotic got his first runs drop out before Exotic's second runs drop, which was even before I think the runs crew got theirs out because they did a collab with, uh, uh, was it? They did a collab with. So I think runs had some seeds they sold that were just runs seeds. And then they've also currently got a collab in the works with Compound Genetics. That's, that's what it was, Compound. They did a collab yeah. with Compound and, 
I don't know, funny story. I, I guess, I guess the compound, I guess the runs guys called one of my breeders and were like, Hey, are you going to pay me for that? <laughs> Just hung up on him. He <laughs> 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 thought he was supposed to scare him or something. But he didn't give a fuck. He was hung up on him. Oh, uh, that's that's an interesting tactic for sure. Yeah, um, but uh, but but yeah, uh, that's why Exotic went really hot with him. I think he got he got the the jump on him, so to say. Like before, there was runs in seed form. He had his out and crossed out out with it. And I don't know how they would put out seeds. They is, is there a male runs? Um, no. As far as I know, all the runs releases have been femmed. There was a bit of whispers going around about maybe this was just a failed crop, and they seeded the whole place and uh that's where these seeds came from because there wasn't a lot of discussion about the production of these seeds they just kind of appeared one day and they were what are they seven hundred dollars a pack i know there were a few people who were uh very very uh had some opinions about that i didn't even know they were selling them but no that's, that's something i tell some you know i've had tell breeders in the past it's like you know just because you fucked up your room doesn't mean you're a seed breeder like that doesn't give you rights to put them in packaging and sell it. Like just scrap the crop and try to blast it, but don't don't try to be a seed breeder. And, and I don't know the story behind the runs, but that's always my question: is is there a ma- if they did it on purpose? There's a male. If it's a love child, uh, happy lucky. There's not a male because if you had a male runs, you'd be breeding with it. You'd have that hitting everything, and you'd have that in the position to be able to lock that thing down and get it towards you. It'd be only yours. So you'd keep that male and you'd covet him. But if there's an S1 running around or a Rents cut running around, that you can't protect that. You can't keep the lid on that. As soon as one's gone, they're all gone. And everybody has it. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. It's it's, it's another one of those things where, uh, you know, until we see the mail, it's it's hard to know what's going down. But to jump back to uh, the man of the hour, Soulfire, um, you know, done incredible work with the runs with the don mega and he's even done some some cool collab projects i know that uh, a good buddy of mine the north fire has done a collab with him using um his the northern fire cookies cut cross to the don mega mail and we also have the very altruistic cross done by soul fire being the free the duke and i'd love to get a little bit more details from you about the backstory on that one so uh he had, he had called me up. This is after Duke had, had you know, I'd put this stuff out about Duke. And he's like, Hey, I got, got this unreleased, uh, strain that I want to put out. And, you know, I wanted all the money to go to Duke. I said, Hey, no problem. So he sent me a hundred packs. We listed them for hundred bucks. Uh, and I cut Duke's wife a check for 10 grand uh, at the beginning of December. Yeah. So that's, that's lovely that he's willing to donate one of his unreleased strains for, you know, charitable causes. I think that just helps to back why we selected him as this year's winner. And as a sort of runner-up, I'm going to give it to Envy Genetics. They've made a real storm on the scene this year, come out with some real fire. I've been lucky enough to have some friends of mine grow their work out. I've tried it. It's nice stuff, nice smoke for sure. I mean, obviously, credit to the grower as well, as always. But... um. But good genetics and some of the the hottest sort of cookie cut crews in the uh, some of the hottest cookie cuts in the mix there coming from the Cookie Fam crew among many others has Envy Genetics caught your eye at all this year? Oh yeah, we we, we started carrying Envy at the middle middle of this year. Um, you know, he would probably be one of my seed bank sites. You know, uh, best newcomer of the year. But you know, I've had Soulfire for a couple of years now. But, uh, but Envy's a really good guy. He has a lot of people testing his gear, so we provide a lot of pictures. Um, we've said before, pictures sells a thousand packs. 
Um, he's got great media. He's, he's, he's really good on social media. He talks to all his customers, and that's what they want. They want their interaction with the guy. It says, hey, if this happens, how do I fix it? So good guy. Uh, he just released what I think is going to be next year's straight in the year. I don't, I don't know. I kind of called rents last year. I don't know if I want to flood the market again. But to me, <laughs> what I'm seeing a lot of right now is Gary Payton for next year's straight in the year. And uh, yeah, and uh, and Envy just had a drop with a strand key called the glove, which is a Gary Payton cross. And yeah, I joke about that too. I was like, you must have somebody in JBZ's warehouse. I keep getting these cuts, man. He's got just amazing cuts of stuff. So, uh, you know, he's definitely putting out some, some elite, hard to get cuts. Another Gary Payton was going for uh, 6,000 a cut. Last time I heard. Wow. That's, uh, puts that 5k cut of OG to shame, but well, it, was, it, was five, it was, it was 5k and five pounds for OG for, from ghost to Oregon kid, 5g or five, 5k and five pounds. That's right. I'm selling it short, aren't I? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, OG's still the king. That's it. So, yeah. Soulfire, congrats. And Envy, congrats on the nice runner-up prize. I just want to give a few quick little honorable shout-outs. I put a poll up on Instagram about two weeks ago, just kind of gauging the community's thoughts on this. And a sentiment that was commonly echoed that I wholeheartedly jump behind is ABF, always be flowering. He got a lot of notable mentions, particularly he did some work with Runts this year, doing some interesting crosses. One called the Patriot Kush really caught my attention. TK crossed to Runts. You know, just looking at the names on the pack, you could expect something pretty fire coming out of that. Likewise, we had a surprising number of people who voted for AK Bean Brains again, but he won it last year, so I don't think he can be the newcomer again. Yeah, um, so you don't, you only get that your first year, at least your first big year. Yeah, your first big year. So, yeah, shout out to AK Bean Brains, still doing well. And uh, another person who got a lot of mentions who I wanted to give a shout out to was uh, J Trees and Skunk Tech for their work with the Black Cuban Haze. Hopefully those crosses will be released in the near future. They're unavailable at the moment. Um, I don't think any seed banks, they're still testing them, but a lot of people are keeping their eyes on that. So shout out to J Trees and Skunk Tech as well. Any honorable mentions you want to throw out there? Yeah, I don't know if it's... uh if, if it's too early yet, he might be, he might be still a sleeper, but, uh, bloom has been, has been good for us. I, I, I really believe in that guy's work. Um, he used to be with Oni noodles. So it's, uh, it's Terry Palms is, is bloom now. And, uh, he's putting out some really good gear that we've got in the hold of. And, um, I think he's doing good things, but it might be still too early for him. So if you're sleeping on him, go pick up his packs, but if not, maybe next year. Yeah, no, I actually did see quite a few people suggest Bloom, and I was admittedly a little behind the eight ball on that one and was scratching my head thinking, who is this Bloom Seed Co.? Um, but after doing a bit of researching, that all makes sense. It's Harry Palms. Um, so, on to the next award for this year, which I think we're going to piggyback based on what you said earlier, where you were predicting Gary Payton to be clone of the year. Let's talk about this year's hottest clone of the year. There's been a few sites such as Leafly and Strainly, you know, like some of the more um, mainstream cannabis websites that have already come out and declared it the year of the runs. And I hate to be a wet blanket, but we kind of declared it last year. We were ahead of the curve, my friend. Kinda. That was kind of our call last year, but you know, social media is always going to be uh, the big media players who aren't in the game are always going to be a year behind. You know, it's us kind of guys who are on the bleeding edge, if you will, trying to be keeping up with everything. Yeah. 
Yeah, but I mean, Runs absolutely crushed it this year. Obviously, it uh, went from strength to strength. Although we could see last year it was already on a momentous upswing, it's continued to do so. And I think, if nothing else, it shows the value of good marketing in this industry. And I think even if there are breeders you don't personally like, if they're marketing well, you've got something you can learn from them because as the Runs crew have shown, they're not necessarily breeders in their own right, but by God, have they kind of taken it out this year. So It's like every every pair of breeders, whenever I have a, I have a two-piece, a lot of people have really um, defied that, that this statement is going to be the Swamp Boys. They, they've kept it together, but uh, every other two-piece breeder pack I've had pair has split up and they haven't done well and they you know um there's usually a hype guy and a guy with the with 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 the, with the passion and there's a guy making all the noise and yelling and every other two piece i've had is split up but uh but they haven't and so um uh what the fuck was going with that the importance of marketing marketing uh no well marketing okay <laughs> so there's always <laughs> that hype guy that can work on the marketing and and get out there and be on the bullhorn and, and be pushing and pushing and pushing it while the guy with the passion is in the in, in, in the uh, in, in the garage doing the work and doing the breeding, you know. So marketing is huge. Just like you know, next year what I called next year's earlier is got it's Cookie Fam. Like they they didn't even do that shit in the first place, and they got huge marketing behind them. They push, you know. Burner Burner gives a lot of credit to his first marketing guy who's no longer with him, but you know that that credit is due. Um, they, you know, <laughs> how they can even still operate after Candy Rain, I don't understand. But, you know, uh, they have great marketing and, and, and Gary Payton is also going to be a, a big thing, I think. Yeah, that I think that that will get some more traction as well. But to jump back to it, so unfortunately, although Runs has crushed it this year, kind of won last year. So I want to give it to something else this year. And there has been another strain that has popped up in my feed almost every time I go on Instagram. And it's been worked with by some really cool people out there. Most notably, the Josh D crew has done really well with the strain I'm about to mention. I'm thinking that might be enough to give it away already. But I'd love to hear your thoughts first. What do you think is worthy of the title of hottest strain or hottest clone of the year for this year, not including runs? Just as sales-wise, I would think it'd, it'd have to be like a gelato, just another one of those sweet kind of things um, that I've seen a good push on as far as what I call hype train. Or, you know, I, I, don't, um, I don't know. I'm, I'm intrigued by you, sir. I'm intrigued. What do you got? Yeah, I think you're pretty well on the money with your gelato prediction. Gelato is still one of the biggest components in any breeder's sort of recipe. And some people might have thought I was alluding to like a Josh D.O.G. sort of thing, mentioning that he's done well with it. But last year at the Emerald Cup, in fact, Josh D. and his crew won the indoor award for ice cream cake and boy have i seen ice cream cake absolutely crush it in the rec market this past year i think that among the casual enthusiasts i have seen more people hyped about this strain trying to buy it than almost anything else have you had any interaction with the ice cream cake at all so you blew me away there. Uh, I didn't know that Josh D and his guys did that. I thought that was going to be, you know, a wedding cake thing from Beezy, um, because I, I hadn't worked with it. But uh, but yeah, no, I've seen that one a ton of times. Now you mentioned it. And if I'm if I'm just some uh, just a casual rec buyer, and I want your buying weed and see something that says ice cream cake. I'm going to grab it. You know what I mean? I want that shit. I want to see if it tastes. I just want to see if it tastes like ice cream cake in the first place. And if it does, great. And if it, even if it doesn't, I still bought it. 
So, um, and, and Josh D is, is a good guy. I love, love that guy. I didn't know he was, he was the guy responsible for it, but yeah, definitely have seen that one around. Um, it's not, see, it kind of goes back to cuts that are held too tightly, but I don't see a lot of people, other people breeding with it or working with it. Uh, like the, like the runs, right? Like the gelato, but it might be just because they're not letting go of it. I'm not sure, but I don't see as many crosses as, as you think with it, but I, I know it's been a great strain. Yeah, well, I mean, when you're right, you're right. I uh, I hope I didn't mislead anyone there in that you're correct. The, the ice cream cake wasn't made by Josh D. It was made by exactly who you predicted, JBZ. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it's a cross of wedding cake and gelato 33, which is interesting because normally you see people breeding with the 41 a little more, but cool stuff has come from the 33 and uh and most, and most know, recently i've seen a lot of cool stuff come out of the 41 yes which i think is a probably my favorite but yeah you're, you're correct um jbz killed it with this breeding it's just mostly josh d who's done well promoting it from what i've seen and helping get some momentum behind that one right and it's kind of like the uh like archives one star the lemon peel he didn't. He didn't do it. And he doesn't say he did. Uh, Tr Rojo did. He just. He just found the phenotype. So you know, a lot of, you know, there's, there's lots of beans come out of single breeding, and it takes people to pop them to find good stuff. Yeah, that's it, right? And something which has made me think about is that ice cream cake. You know, the blending of gelato and wedding cake. It's it's a great strain. Not trying to detract from that, but it is working within similar sort of genetic fields. And it's got me wondering when the next strain that comes along will take the cake for being, excuse the pun, um, <laughs> for being something just utterly different. And I think that, you know, last year we said that the strain of the year was Mac because, you know, the clone was just absolutely mopping up everybody who could get their hands on it. And I think that kind of fits the bill to an extent. But it does beg the question of when we're going to see something just utterly left of field to the sort of cookie genetics which have dominated so heavily over the past few years. Yeah, so I think that, that would definitely be it. And, and I'm, I'm, of course, pulling for a land race, something rare, something old, something new to the current people that buy, but something that the old heads have known and loved for a while. So it gets played from both sides. Yeah, and my little little tibbit to that, which I can totally get behind in terms of wanting to see some land race stuff. If anyone's keen on some crazy uh, Southeast Asian sort of weed, uh, the forever amazing Bodhi has this Vietnamese 33 or Vietnamese 32. I'll, I'll look into whichever one it is. But gosh, I, I hope something comes of that. I was lucky enough to try some of that from him, I think two years ago now and still some of the most memorable weed I've ever had for those old heads looking for that old Southeast Asian hitter. So explain it to me. I don't, I, I did, but he didn't share any of that with me. <laughs> so, <laughs> so explain it to me. Like, what do you, uh, what enticed you about it? What did you like? What, what kept you going back to that strain? Oh, it was like, it was the first strain I'd had in a very long time that, just made me that very stereotypical like super giggly really happy really uplifting it's like the sort of weed you wish you could bring to a party where like it's not going to make anyone sit on the couch people are going to be more up more dance and having fun joking it was like everything they described super silver haze to be but just like better 
nice. I remember when I first got high when I was uh, – I didn't start getting high until I was like 18, 19. So I was probably 19 or 20 with my roommate. And he's, he looked at me. He's like, I wish I could get that high, man. I wish I could get that high still. You know, so <laughs> it might be some of that kind of, you know, that early stuff. But yeah. Yeah, but for reals. Stuff. And just as like a little side note, uh, this year I, I took a fair few different sort of tolerance breaks at various points for various reasons, some sort of work related, some sort of just, you know, personal, uh, you know, challenges I wanted to do. And I tell you what, I took a two week break from smoking. When I came back, it was like getting high for the first time. So if anyone is like your old roommate who's really missing it, I know it can be tough, but I tell you what, you go two weeks or so without smoking, you come back, you are going to have to strap yourself in. <laughs> yeah, I, t- I told him to go back to joints. It wasn't my fault. But, uh, but yeah, no, I don't know if I could last the whole two weeks. Uh, things, you know, especially being in my house by myself. I don't know if I could, but I have to try. I might, I'm going to give that a try for the first. Yeah, that's that's true. This year, understandably, people have been smoking a little more, but as long as they've been smoking good, that's what we're hoping. Yep, nothing with no seeds, no stamps. That's it. So the next award we're going to move on to is Most Anticipated Seed Drop for the Coming Year. Now, last year we had a, a few people in the mix for this one. We had uh, Matt Wright's Blue Bonnet. We had... Uh, Karma's Sour in the mix. We also had the A5 Haze Femmes he was looking to do. So there was quite a diverse sort of range of strains that were up in the air that people were really excited about seeing drop. Is there anything this year for the coming year that's really caught your eye that you're thinking is going to make a big splash over the coming 12 months? Well, it's not It's not in the upcoming year. It just happened, uh, crazy enough, since you asked. It happened Thursday on my website, but... Um, Humboldt Seed Company came out with uh, the Super Freak, so it's a it's a the Freak Show cross, um, wow. and 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 Humboldt has been crushing it. I remember I picked that dude up like two years ago, and he's a good guy, uh, good gear, great part marketing, great packaging, um, but just uh, uh, of course Freak Show last year, I guess it was at the beginning of this year. I'm not sure, um, but that thing it's a it's a it's an ABF. I mean it's an Alaskan strain and so it's it grows of course like a looks like a fern <laughs> uh it's got that really like hyper serrated leaf doesn't it yeah yeah for sure a very th- uh thin it looked like yeah very fern like in fact when that came out um all the seeds were white and not just a couple but like you across the board because you can see them in his packs they were all white um, and he had to make a post on, on Instagram that said, you know, it's, it, don't send them back. Usually white means immature, but these are not immature. They're, they're just fine. Uh, just give them, a, they're supposed to be white. So there you go. Yeah. I always, I love it how, you know, some strains produce really unique seeds. And I remember a while back we were speaking to gooey, bro- uh, gooey breeder and he mentioned that, you know, some of his African strains produce seeds that are pitch black, like no tiger stripes, just straight black. And so I guess it goes to show when you consider the uh, the super freak you just mentioned the diversity of phenotypes within seeds. Yes, uh, super freak crossed with freak show, and it's and that's a super freak. But um, yeah, it's it's definitely, and, and I think we're going to see a lot more of that as more different strains come to light, so to say. Like uh, I, I, you know, I still think we're definitely going to find a lot of medicinal stuff and some of that Asian stuff, some of that Thai stuff, some of those terpenes. I think that we haven't really. Uh, 
had the luxury of going into a sequencing machine or <laughs> something that, that, that says what Terps is going to produce. But, uh, you know, definitely the yeah okay that's a that's a great suggestion i hadn't heard too much about that from the fans but i had been following it on instagram so that's cool to see it's getting some traction and people can now go and grab it so everyone you know where to head to to pick that one up so in terms of what i had been keeping my eye on i had uh two things which really caught my eye and then i also you know threw the question out to the fans on instagram to kind of get a bit of a gauge on what they were thinking and we had three things come up pretty consistently. Uh, two of them I was especially hyped for, but one of them the fans were especially hyped for. The, for me, the one I'm most waiting in anticipation to see, and I know that some people are probably going to think that I've uh, invoked some bad juju on myself for saying this, but the Res Dog Sour IBL, we've seen him posting packs of the newest release that he's just created. I don't believe they're for sale yet, except for through maybe one friend he has. If you happen to bump into that guy in person, I haven't been following it enough to really be able to follow that. However, he seems to have made the newest release of this sour DIBL. Looks like he's just got a cut of the sour, had some of the old sour IBL seeds, found a male, crossed it, taken it to the next generation. Have you heard much about that at all? Well, so I'm sure you've talked to your audience, but we know Sour D is a bag seed from Kim D, right? Yeah, I mean, it's definitely bag seed from Kim, right? I think the more I try to dig into it, the more I'm less sure about what it is. Yeah, well, uh, well, actually, so uh, Mojave had the, uh, the the guy on, uh, Sour Silicate on, um, on a, a different podcast, and uh, he came out, the guy who did it, um, and said that, yeah, it was just a Kim Dog bag seed. So that was kind of to have it clarified from Mojave. So Mojave's is basically Adam Dunn's brother. Um, he's a guy who kind of created Sage. Um, he works with the Big Sur Holy Weed. Uh, extremely vetted, very very old school as far as strains go. Um, and so for him to come out and and put his his mark, so to say, on on uh, sour silicate was kind of you know because he had met him back in the day. They'd come to Amsterdam with it at first and blown Amsterdam away with it. So yeah, so that was it was kind of out there. Um, I get I get stoned. Where were we? <laughs> yeah, no, that's that's brilliant to hear that it's been vouched for by Mojave. I I actually heard Bodhi speak quite highly of him as well. So that's that's cool to hear two corroborating stories. I guess the aspect I'm most interested in is: Do you think this newest edition of the Sour IBL from Res will do well, or do you think the negative stigma that a lot of people feel hangs over his head will continue, and that would draw people away from buying it? My hunch is that. Although a lot of people are quite suspicious of Res Dog's history, many of these same people will tell you that some of his work was the best they've ever seen. And I think when push comes to shove, people will buy the packs. What's your thoughts? Uh, I think I stay away from, from things that cause me drama, maybe. And that quite, quite uh, just may cause me some drama. But, you know, he, he has his history. I know somebody that's still in contact with him. He had... He had spoke about possibly dropping through my bank, and we had talked to him about some, or and talked through this this friend in, in, uh, in between us about about coming by. Um, you know, a lot of people are claiming sours, and so for him to have a sour IBL coming back off, you know, whatever whatever happened this or that, will, you know, it's 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 media is a bitch. Social media is a bitch, and so they will. I think that you know he will have people that will still 
say things of him or that will always be out there. He has to completely change his name for him to do anything positive. I think I don't, I don't know. There's just too much out there that I, I wasn't there for. I, I don't know, but I just do know the amount of things that are said on one side or the other. And it's, you know, it, it can be equally said, but uh, it's just a lot of talk. And there's that much talk about a negative thing. It's never good. So I don't know. Yeah, of course. And it's understandable that people might be quite hesitant to get involved given that some of the allegations revolve around like police and stuff like that. But um, yeah, it, it's, hard to, it's hard to give definitive rulings, I guess. Yeah, and, and, and as far as that though, I mean, if, if it strains fire, it's fire. Like you're going to come to it, it's going to it's going to draw you in. It'll be unstoppable. Like it, it's something you, you're going to open the jar for. And so if it's that kind of if it's that kind of strain, you know, people may rename or do this or that. But you know, I, then then I think it will sell and, and be good. But I think, you know, um, but you know, the cannabis plants talk. You know, who there are some people that I don't agree with, the breeders that I don't agree with. We don't have the same set of opinions on things. But is your gear bad? No. I picked them up for a reason. I'm not, I'm not wrong that often. So they still make great stuff. I'm just not thrilled with them, you know, and, and that could be the, that could be the, the stuff about res, you know? And like I said, I wasn't there. I don't know, but, um, but with the strange fire, you're going to, you're going to smoke it. Yeah. Yeah. I think that karma kind of put out a statement of sort of similar tone when he said, you know, look, my sour BX2, it's based off a sour I found in a pack of res dogs work you now know I'm not going to mention him anymore because I don't want to mention him. So I think that that kind of speaks to that idea of like separating the individual from the art, as some people would have said. Uh, But on to the next choices, we had two contenders that I think were kind of very closely following the Sour IBL. We had a lot of people, including myself, who had been tracking AK Bean Brains, who has done a reproduction of a supposedly, it's hard to vouch for certain, supposedly authentic stock of Beatrix Choice from the Super Sativa Seed Club. Have you heard about this or seen anything about it? Uh, the SSSC is legendary. <laughs> um, their, their packs are, uh, I believe they're like quarter quarter savers which you, you put in a quarter pack and it has like 10 little seeds in the middle so it's sssc on the outside uh pretty awesome uh that's where vic high got his stuff um i beatrice choice i haven't heard of i mean i, I know the strain i don't know what they're doing with it but um but no that should be awesome that's a classic so yeah i think a lot of people were put onto it after our second episode ever with skunk va he spoke very fondly about it and i think that helped sort of reignite some of the uh the flames in the community about getting it back and so yeah akb brains has been generous enough to do this reproduction in terms of he was got his hands on a pack of some um more what he's kind of known for the uh the the fabled freezer stock that's uh you know been in someone's freezer for a good 25 30 years and uh yeah it's it's hit some of the seed banks and so i think people are pretty excited about that it does however bring us to the final uh sort of honorable mention for the anticipated clone of the year or sorry anticipated strain of the year and this one has definitely got some uh some controversy around it but at the same time people are so keen for it being that it is the swabi s1 seeds also more commonly just pakistani land race seeds that come originally from irizin um of the indian land race team Excellent interview, by the way. Excellent interview. 
That was very, oh, very thank I, you. I like listening to it. I you know, learned a lot about that guy. So, sorry. He's a pleasure to listen to, isn't he? Yeah, he was just, you know, his passion, you could just tell it. Like, you know, he had to grow this stuff. He, he would, they, would, they would swat him, and he had to go up here and get it from these people. And, you know, just that, the things he, he did to get where he was. And, you know, they want, especially, I can't, I can't even imagine, like, how they would be in, in those type of countries that, you know, are definitely, marijuana is not the, not the greatest thing. Um, but, uh, but yeah, he was, he, and he's, yeah, he's got a lot of hearts doing it for, for the right reasons. I think, uh, sounded like a really good interview. Yeah. yeah he's a guy who I've, I've never heard anyone talk a bad word about him. He's a, uh, he's a very passionate guy and we're very grateful for that. But, uh, to jump back to it. So, you know, he collected these land race Pakistani seeds. He worked them for a generation or two, and then he sent some to some friends. And most notably, he sent some to Mass Medical Strains, who then did a reproduction of them, only available in the feminized form, where he crossed, uh, made some S1s as well as some uh, sort of sister pairings, where, you know, crossing one Swabi to its sister. Um, and... I think that although there has been a little bit of controversy around this strain, it's kind of come to fruition in the end in the sense that the seeds are being released to the public and all of the proceeds are going towards helping to fund uh, a, a library project um, in sort of the area of the world where Irizan is based and it very much sort of a, an idea of that there's being um, some sort of charity or compassion side to the release of the seeds and not, not being a, a sort of for-profit um, release to the market. So yeah, shout out to Irizan and to Mass Medical for getting those seeds out to the public they have dropped recently but no one's been able to finish flowering them out yet so i think people are very excited for what this how many weeks does it take <laughs> oh gosh i mean yeah some breeders and it's like just takes a week after you harvest the seeds right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. Yeah. Um, yeah no so i think that some people would probably have maybe just flipped them i think they got released like four weeks ago or something around that but i know that there were a lot of people who were a bit bummed out when they found out they weren't going to be released, which was the the sort of the story for a short period of time. And then him and Irizan were able to sort out a situation whereby the the proceeds of that seed drop would go towards building the library. So that's a, a, a good outcome in terms of what the alternative outcome would have been. And a lot of people are excited about that thin leaf packy. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I didn't, uh, it caught me a little bit by surprise. I'll have to go look into it. I didn't know he was releasing gear. But, uh, but that, once again, it goes back to us saying earlier about it's different. It's not the same cookie bullshit. It's not the same genetics that are played over and milkshaked. It's different. And just like the freak show, just like the, you know, um, the, the, the sour. It's, you know, hey, who knows? The sour could be next year's big thing. It's something that the new people are like, it's new to them. But the old heads are like, this, this is really sour. And if it is, you know, you can hit both of them and watch them be strand of the year next year. You know what I mean? Even though it's dead by res. So, uh, so yeah, I, uh, it, it, it's different. I think people are, are sick of the same thing. That F1 Durban, they've had enough of it, you know? Yeah. <laughs> they, want, they want a fresh taste. That's it. So, bringing us to the second last award, Clone Hall of Fame. So last year, Girl Scout Cookie took the award for all of the mixed opinions and theories on cookies. It has understandably stood the test of time and that was the given reason for why it made it into the Hall of Fame. This year, we're kind of taking a step back. Uh, probably surprising to a lot of people that cookies made it in before this one given the 
the uh, grand following of it we have on this show, but I am happy to say that this year's Hall of Fame clone is none other than the Chemdog 91. Very nice, very nice. I'm sure Kim will be happy, but yeah, it's yeah, it, it, it's also a, just a, a, a killer strain that has had multiple generational impact. Like um, I was, I was lucky enough. Kim, uh, uh, two years ago, Kim Dog took me to see the great. I've never seen the Grateful Dead before. Kim Dog took me to uh, to see them. I was I was came to visit them. Took me to see them um, at the like 20 years to the day where he had seen them for his first time. And he and we were meeting up with uh, with Mickey Hart, the the drummer, and so we met up ahead of time because Kim Dog did a release, a collab with Mickey, something called Grateful, and, and uh, <laughs> they had like ten pinner joints in a can, and they're like pinners, like you know, not very big at all. And, uh, and Mickey said, "You know, maybe on the next round we'll make them a little bit bigger." You know, and I was like, "Oh my god, <laughs> you can't go smaller." So, but uh, that was a Kim ninety one cross with it. And I said, "You know, there's." I told Mickey, "I said, you know, there's." You know the Kim D and the and the and the and the, and the sis and what are those? Oh, okay. I'm not going to get into that one. Um, but no, it was, it was really a pleasure to to meet him and and, and his stories of the Kim and how he'd been all over with it and you know and, and how it started kind of with their thing and so yeah, it's been uh, it's an awesome thing I think. And uh, Greg, yeah, I remember Greg did that shit. When he was like 17, 18 years old. You know what I mean? It wasn't. Uh, yeah. Nobody was collecting seeds or growing shit back then. They were just hustling them. So that's it. I mean, undeniably, you know, the Chemdog is the backbone of so many companies. It's it's hard to count them, and the legacy that was started by Mass G Chemdog, uh, carried on by the New York crew before the torch was passed on to the man himself, Skunk VA. For many years, she's been the queen of modern cannabis that's redefined the meaning of potency and given birth to countless strains, countless clone onlys, and just in general, given the public something to enjoy. I think that it's undeniable that she's stood the test of time and still to this day puts many a grown man uh, green in the face and many modern elites to shame in terms of its potency. And to me, she's what people refer to when they talk about the old school funk you know the older heads reminiscing about how they're dissatisfied with the current strains i think she's the one that they're thinking of when they're talking about the old school fire they remember and more importantly she still gives birth to some of the most fire hybrids you see today if grown correctly i think that if you look at a bunch of skunk va's work he's done a bunch of chem 91 hybrids that are sure to sort of hit the spot and honor her properly and i think that you know that's a good way to pay homage to this strain is to to grow out work from breeders who are working with it correctly trying to produce good offspring because unfortunately there are a lot of hybrids out there that are labeled as having chem 91 in them and as we've discussed many times in the past there's only a small number of people in this world who actually have the real cutting so far too often you see misspelt versions of chem dog with a w in the name in people's genetics and i'm sure they think that that's chem dog but unfortunately it's not so yeah i think that it's it's great that she's still around that she's giving people the pleasure of being able to smoke her and it's sort of our due diligence to support the proper breeders who are working with it correctly definitely and it's it i think it, it's just a hard hitter you know what i mean it's just super super potent and i think you know the old school heads um they they need to get a little a little more kick because they're a little older so they need a little more a little more potency 
So, you know, they, they know what they're talking about. And it, definitely it's a uh, well-deserved um, every quality breeder that uh, they have in their arsenal. Like you were saying, if they have it, they can throw it. And it's, it's a great strain. So it really is. For sure. So, um, given the timing of our chat today, I wanted to introduce uh, a new category that wasn't in last year's awards, and it might be something we continue. But I think I said before that we were doing the second last award when I when we did the uh, Hall of Fame strain. But this will actually be the second last one before we get on to Breeder of the Year. And the new category we're introducing this year will be the Breeder Hall of Fame. And although High Times does their own version of this, and you know countless other organisations do. This year, I feel, is a special year because uh, just this morning, in fact, at the time of recording, we unfortunately heard the passing of a very revered and senior veteran of the scene, Bog. Bog was not only pivotal on the forums, but he was also, you know, really well known for many of his strains. You know, you got the Bog Bubble, the Sour Bubble, the Sour Dub, Boggle Gum, Blue Moon Rocks, Sour Grapes, Lifesaver, LSD, Sour Strawberry. It just, it goes on and on and on. And uh, so many acclaimed breeders have used his work within their own lines. People like Swami Organic, TGA, 303 Seeds, Trichome Jungles, Alien Genetics, Canarado, Sin City, Karma, Seed Junkie. And of course, possibly the most notable account of his work in it creating a large percentage of the parental genetics within uh Josie Wales and Lonnie Watts GG4 with the sour dub being one half of the suspected genetic combination in that one on top of that countless clones and breedings have occurred that utilize you know distant lineages of his work and I'm sure even more to come that will honor his legacy within our scene so I think it's you know rightly so that we wish Pat all the best send her our good wishes and thoughts and hope that she can do the best she can in this understandably tough time for her and the family. It also makes me think as you're speaking there. Um, I know that, you know, Duke tried to call me earlier this evening and I'll, I'll pick up the next time he calls, but um, I know that Duke had sent him uh, his screaming Eagle pollen because he wanted, Duke wanted to help get Bog back on the map, so to say, to bring him back out into the light and get him some sales. And so I know that he had sent Jim and asked Jim if he would use it. And I, 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 I middled the deal. I mediated it. Uh, but Jim said, yeah, no problem. He would love to do that. So, um, Duke had sent him some pollen and this would have been before Duke went into jail. So maybe two years ago, maybe they probably reconnected at the Emerald cup we were at, but, um, but I wonder, uh, I have to talk to Jim jr. See what came of that. That'd be pretty awesome if they, if they did that work. hundred percent. And, and as I know it, so, so Jim jr. Has been breeding with Jim, uh, Bog jr. As, as he told me. So, um, they all, they still have this year's crop of, of gear. Um, he says, you know, they made a couple smaller things, but as, as I know it, as of today, you know, things always change, but he said they were going to keep making gear and keep using the stock that he had. And, you know, I'm sure Pat's had a huge helping a hand in all that. Um, if he's been working with Jim Jr., then that's the father and the son. So it could be some good stuff. For sure. Um, Miss Jill hit me up on, uh, Instagram. And and she said she wanted a couple of packs of, of Lifesaver because her and Subcool had made a cross way back when they first got together. They're involved Lifesaver, and I said I said sure, no 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 problem. Um, and then she she told me she said you know I, I just wanted to let you know you know, you know unfortunately Bog passed away yesterday morning, and I was just floored. I picked up the phone, I called uh, Mrs. Bog, uh, Pat his wife, um, everybody, everybody that knew Bog that's Jim and his wife Pat, 
Um, I called her right away. Uh, you know, she picked up the phone and, and, and couldn't, t- she, she, she called me back. My first one with the voicemail, she called me back. As soon as I said who I was, she, she started crying. I had to, I had, and I, of course, said, I, you know, she was crying. And so I just hung up the phone and, and let it go and let her, let it, let her grieve. Um, it just, was just, you know, 20, less than 24 hours, I'm sure. Um, but I had a great relationship with those two. Uh, everybody has, has respects the hell out of Bog. You know, uh, Bog stood for Bushy Old Grower. And a lot of people wouldn't be where they are today if it wasn't for his help on the forums back in the day, like getting in the chat rooms and helping people grow. And that's when you see a lot of people you know, talk trash on IG and Facebook because they're so mean and they're so such bullshit to where the forums back in the day, they weren't mean. Like if you grew something, somebody went like, oh, look at the PM. Blah. They didn't tell you that. They were like, hey, you know, if you do this and this, you can fix that situation. And so it was a lot, a lot kinder back then. Um, and he, he helped many, many a grower. Uh, earn you know learn how they're doing their basics all the way through you know they're, they're great stuff but um he's he, he has so many strains that you know uh sour boggle sour bubble um his and some of his if you ever got boggs bubble hash amazing amazing stuff so yeah i was i was lucky enough to work with them for the last five years um uh it, it's i've seen shout outs from true canna um true cannabis uh barry out of there uh true to shout out um, everybody. I mean, just it was just a, a pillar and a legend that didn't know it in the community. And you know, they weren't um, they weren't rich folks. Um, I'm glad he got to see the passing of Rec, but I'm sad he got to see the start of corporate bullshit. Um, I'm sure he would have hoped it was going in a different direction. But I first met Bog in probably 2016 at uh, at, a, at a hemp con and at the Cow Palace in San Fran. Him and his wife had a booth. And I went up to him and, and talked to him and pitched him and big fan. And, and so we started working with him from then. And, um, but yeah, uh, so I don't know if I, if I put this here or not, but, um, I talked to, uh, Jim's son, Patrick's Jim's son, Jim Jr. Earlier this evening, right before we aired this. And I asked, um, if we could do raise money for funeral expenses, um, uh, we could cover that on a, on a GoFundMe. And, uh, and Jim Jr. Said, you know, he was, he was thrilled. He was touched. He was like, he didn't know what to say. He was like, I can't, you know, the, the community outreach has been so awesome. I said, your, your dad did a lot of things. You know, he helped a lot of people get where they were. And um, you did a great interview with him uh, earlier on that I, I found thoroughly enjoying. The last half hour got into some true bog stuff. We talked about the aliens and Shasta. So just an amazing guy. And, and, and pretty much, it, you know, um, I know a lot of people have used his work in a lot of different things. It's the base. It's the, it's the building blocks for a lot of different strains. And more importantly, knowledge to these breeders that are where they're at today so but i'm gonna do a gofundme it'll be on my ig or uh um on a, at the the real seats here now or at the real james bean um we're gonna raise some some funds for the funeral expenses and whatnot and then i'm gonna try to work something out and get, get mrs bog some money you know that's what jim would have wanted is for the community to raise some money for or take care of it. you know he would he would never ask of course he would never say that and i know she wouldn't either so um we'll do it we'll do a good thing and uh, hopefully it turns out and the reasons I don't know, um, I, I didn't ask. It was hard. It was just, it, it wasn't anything coming up to it. It wasn't wasn't um, sick or anything. Uh, it just it just happened all of a sudden. And so I, that means not to believe it was this crazy year of COVID. That was was not COVID, because he would have been sick for a while, and I would have heard about it. But this was just a surprising thing that happened yesterday day, I guess. So, you know, my the best wishes to my condolences to the family. I'm, I'm, I'm sorry. Um, 
you know, uh, I think the community is going to come out and surprise you, though. I think we'll do some good things with that with the GoFundMe and definitely Hall of Fame. I mean, it's a no-brainer. Some lovely words there, and everyone, please be sure to go jump in on the GoFundMe and help support Pat as uh, she rightly deserves. And I think something else too is, you know, I, I know Jill's going to make a strain that, that she had done with Subcool, but I think if breeders all came out with a strain or something, maybe I can work something out with some of the guys and say, hey, do a strain and maybe give a kickback. But um, I think if all the breeders did something and, and like paid homage or, you know, used his, he used his gear and a cross, that would be pretty, pretty amazing, pretty remarkable this day and age, you know? Yeah. So that brings us to the final award for the year, which is the big, 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 big first place trophy that we have, the Breeder of the Year Award. I need like sound effects here. I'm like, beep, beep, beep. <laughs> we, need, we need the drum air and bass horns. air yeah. horn so bad yeah. right now. Totally. You know what I mean? Smoke. Give me fire. You know, like, no. Uh, Dude, I'm well, going to post I, effects excited. it in. Okay. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm excited. Who you got for the Breeder of the Year? Yeah, good question. So we had a lot of people in contention for this one. So some honorable mentions for this year. Uh, our award winner of last year, CSI Humboldt, got a number of honorable mentions from the community. We also had some very, very, very strong support for the man Mean Gene with all the memes up his sleeve who did very well this year. And amazing breeder and amazing guy. Like he's hosted a lot of the auctions um, for Nick or for for Duke, and uh, excellent, excellent, good guy, very good guy. Um, you probably, if people don't know, I mean, Genius, he was uh, of the breeding team aficionado um, back in the day, and now he is uh, freeborn selections. Yeah, I mean, Mean Gene's got some really nice stuff in the works. Uh, his Cherry West backcross, as well as he's done a collab with BioVortex, being the Cherry Lime Dog, all look really awesome in my opinion. We also had some strong support for Archive, as usual, not surprising. Fletcher putting out some really nice work, so a lot of people in the community trying to give him some big ups. We also got a nice shout-out for Trichome Jungle Seeds for his most recent Lilt line, which has done well. And there were some people last year who were getting excited for that, and he was in contention for one of the anticipated drop awards. So it's good to see that that's panned out and people are kind of giving him a thumbs-up for possible breeder of the year. But to me, I think that there was only ever really two people in my mind who I think were going to get this award. And admittedly, it has been obviously a bit of a different year to the past. And I think that plays into who's going to be able to win this because it becomes a bit more about marketing, seeing as everyone's stuck at home. So we're all filtered through the lens of Instagram. But for me, I think that the winner could be none other than someone who's already been mentioned a plethora of times. He's one of the hottest breeders in the scene. None other than JBZ of Seed Junkie Genetics. JBZ, man, the guy, the guy's solid. Um, it was my pleasure to work with him when he was still slinging, slinging gear. Now he says he sells, he sells, he sells licenses. He doesn't sell seeds anymore. So uh, <laughs> he just licenses all his product out. And that's and that's part of the uh, the mystique to it, I think, is that this guy hasn't been actively selling seeds, and yet he's one breeder of the year because he's still doing work. It's more kind of behind the scenes. And I think an interesting little side note is if you go to the Cookies website right now, more than half of their menu are JBZ collaborations. We've got 
Berry Pie, Georgia Pie, Honey Buns, Ocean Ave, Sticky, uh, sorry, Ocean Beach, Sticky Buns, Sweet Tea, and one that I think is a cool little pun for you, Collins Ave. <laughs> That's that's nice. Uh, Jim Beasley is excellent. You know, he he told me when, when he had first uh, got had the meeting with with Burner and the Cookie Fam. I was like, oh shit, this is not going to go good. You know, and he said he said actually actually the opposite. He said, you know, when Burner picked him up, they picked him up in a, in a nice fat ride, nice ride, and took him to a nice place. And he thought Burner was going to come in crazy, but he came out super respectful, and uh, they worked out an excellent deal, and he was completely happy with it. And, um, he's he's definitely crushing it right now. Uh, his last nursery he put up is is crazy, um, and the post he put about his nursery he must have had hundred people asking where can where can I buy your clones? Where can I buy your clones at? Are you in wreck? Are you in wreck? So and he and he is in wreck. He has his own facility now, so he can sell clones. But uh, that nursery, that <laughs> message, I said, you're gonna have a, li- a line outside the door of your nursery, bro. You know that, right? He's <laughs> like, yeah, yeah. So. Uh, you know, is definitely the shit. Um, and, and yeah, he, Cookie, you know, Cookie Fam didn't make cookies. And so they need somebody to make the shit. Although, man, he's going to, I'm going to be in a rap song and he's going to shoot me. But I saw Burner um, breeding the other day. He had a paintbrush out and he was pollinating things. Maybe to Ooh. prove that he was breeding. I don't know. But. <laughs> <laughs> good photo up, good photo up. But I mean, yeah. yeah. Look, it speaks to JB's dedication and effort because, you know, he's done well with the Cookie Crew. His cross ice cream cake got clone of the year from us, as earlier mentioned. And more importantly, anyone who's had their eyes on the the Gelato Cross Sherb BX1, a.k.a. Jealousy, would have seen that almost every plant coming out of those packs is fire. And more, more kind of what I follow is how the remaining few packs that are out in circulation, and there are a few, admittedly. I see people posting them. They're just getting more expensive by the day. I'll tell you what, you want to talk about a pack that's going to go for a lot of money. If you got one of those, that's a nice little piggy bank you're sitting on. I happen to have five. Um, I have five oh, of all the BZ, BZ, BZ releases. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. I didn't realize it was called Jealousy, but he's done that a couple of times. So name things just to piss people off or do something. Um, and BZ's not not new in the game either. When I first thought, I thought it was a type guy because he was so, um, he had those strains. But um, once I talked to him, got to know him, he's been doing shit since like 98. And he was buying packs from guys in town. They were taxing his ass on him. So he flew to Amsterdam, got his own gear started breeding with it in the early you know 2000s and then those guys all of a sudden he was selling packs too and taxing them and so he's he's a gangster he's, he loves the gassy shit so when he gets uh that's a, you know that he really likes um but yeah he's a great dude and we're doing it for a long time uh he's a thing i said last year on the show but he's one of those guys i think if anybody's gonna stab me it'd be him you know <laughs> he's a fucking gangster so <laughs> that's what yeah. he is you know that's cool to hear. And you know what? You know, as you just referenced, anyone who's been following his work knows that this isn't like an overnight success for him by any means. He's been put in the hard yards. And the thing I remember him for is that I think he's probably the first person I ever saw doing like a, a BX2, BX3 on the TK because he wanted like a TK male. Like he recognized how good the TK was, in my opinion, before anyone else, except for maybe Swamp Boys, obviously. But I feel like he was he was on the ball a while ago and, you know, because TK is all the rage at the moment and I think for good reason. It's one of the best strains out there. But I feel like he, he recognized that before a lot of people did. Um, 
definitely, and 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 yeah, definitely on the on the BX through twos and threes, and BZ's that kind of guy. He's going to work something until he finds it. Um, and, and now where he's got a rec facility, he's even more dangerous because it's like exotic and and an archive. Once now they have a rec facility, they can pop. You know, they can do phenol hunts with thousand, two thousand, um, and, and look for the one they want, and just take the other ones and send them out to the market. So uh, that, that helps a lot, I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. So big congrats to JBZ of Seed Junkie Genetics. If anyone's looking to try some of the flour as you can no longer get seeds, unfortunately, unless you've got a pretty penny, go check out Cookie Genetics as they're doing a range of collabs with him. However, speaking on the topic of TK, I wanted to give an honorable mention because it was admittedly a close second place. But the person, in my opinion, who got runner-up breeder of the year goes to none other than the already mentioned Jungle Boys. With the advent of their first seed drops occurring earlier in the year, we saw a lot of their packets just selling out almost instantly. They sold them primarily from their stores. And what I found most interesting was, as far as I know, I could be wrong, but they are the first people I know who sold seeds through their store and had other seed banks lining up at the store to buy those seeds to then on-sell them with a markup. Which, you know, admittedly, I think that's kind of cool because it reflects the popularity and it helps people who don't live in California get access to these seeds, which otherwise you had to be there in person to buy. But it goes to show the hype that was surrounding that drop that they had other seed banks in line waiting to buy 10, 20 packs to then sell them on. Uh, have you heard much about the Jungle Boys drop? You referenced earlier there might be a little something in the works. No, not at all. I wish. Uh, they don't call <laughs> me back. And now, now I know why. I didn't know about the little them selling them out of their stores and having other banks pick them up and resell them. That's that's uh, a whole lot of ridiculousness. But uh, but it's you know it does it does speak to their popularity and their their skill because as I mentioned earlier, um, a friend of mine did a funeral hunt with a bunch of a bunch of packs. Um, and he said there's multiple keepers in the CJ, in the uh, Jungle Boys stuff, and so um, they're definitely. Uh, have have potential to do some serious some serious damage to the industry, so to say, to seriously make their mark. But for breeder of the year, I definitely think that uh, you're you're right on on point with with Beezy because he's just been doing it longer. He's been you know they I'm sure Jungle Boys used to grow out some of Beezy's gear, and so you know um, they they got Beezy's got a longer history in it, and he's um, got a, probably a, a greater uh, a greater genetic catalog and library to choose from. But uh, but yeah no Jungle Boys don't call me back now I know why they don't need a seed bank they have guys who are going to wait in line and resell shit for them. <laughs> yeah look I mean they they got to be one of the masters of the marketing right like um, Ivan has done a very good job at marketing Jungle Boys I think anyone who denies that is just a little bit jealous. Yeah no Ivan he, he crushed it with uh, with obsolete orange cookies that was the first that's how he got on my map as they were crushing it with that stuff and you know obvious of course was a little no they're not giving me enough credit you know but uh, he always he always does that but uh but yeah they uh they are marketing uh geniuses i don't know why they don't return my emails damn it <laughs> <laughs> don't worry i'm just as upset as you i'd love to get my hands on a pack and i don't know how it'll otherwise happen but i mean to give credit where credit's due They've done some really nice work with the, the TK BX1 mail they've made. They've also released some nice crosses with the Jungle Cake mail they've used. They've got a few other crosses they use using like an MBK Sunset Sherbet sort of mail. And they've also got a Skittles Cake mail they're using, among others, which have done really well. I think the thing which impresses me the most about their work, though, is that 
they've done what I had always advocated as the best way to be a breeder, which is they just spent years doing these pheno hunts, finding these killer cuts that people were dying for. And then once they amassed enough of them, they were like, cool, I've now got my palette to do my painting and to do my breeding. And so pretty much all of their crosses, for the most part, use unique cuts and or strains that they've spent the time pheno hunting. There's a lot of documented demand and uh, quality surrounding those strains so yeah as much as there might be some people who don't like the brand itself i feel like there's very little if anything you can criticize about the way they've gone about releasing these seeds in the you know they they didn't just go buy a bunch of clones and hit it with the first male they found they did spend some quality time pheno hunting many of the females used in the crosses as well as generating the male yeah and that's and that's years of time that they that they do have in it and and they crush it with their social media game. They crush it with photos. Like we spoke about photos earlier, and they have awesome photos because you know, in point, because their their shit's awesome. You know, I, I couldn't have great photos if my gear wasn't awesome. But you know, uh, but they, everything looks good. Super frosty. Um, but yeah, I, like I said, I've heard good stuff, and I'm, I'm trying to get them. I will try. Now I know how hyped they are, but uh, I don't know if they'll sell to me. They'll probably tell me to take a number and get mine. That's it, right? So, with that being said, I think we're just about at the end of the awards for this year's. Were there any comments, shout-outs, or hot tips you wanted to give the listeners? Personally, I haven't dealt with BZ since 2019, and I haven't dealt with Jungle Boys, and I haven't gotten there in their line yet. Um, what I do know, though, is from my bank, personally, I'd like to throw out there just as a as a honorable mention, but Exotic Genetics. I know I probably talked about him last year, but he had six big drops with us this year. Um, of my 60 breeders, he was he outsold everybody. Um, it, the closest guy wasn't even half the packs that Mike sold. Um, the six drops, he, he came out swinging with the Grease Monkey Fem line at the beginning of the year, which was huge. Um, and then he had a two, uh, the, the Runch drop came, which he got, like I was saying, you know, he, he got the jump on the Runch guys. And so he was able to release a whole string with, the, with those guys, or a whole, uh, a whole line of those. Um, then he had the Red Pop, which is his uh, Strawberries and Cream Fino. That was another another complete drop, and then he came back and redid the runs the runs drop again, which all I mean all these sold out within less than a week. Like I, I even hit him up for packs after the fact. I was like, hey, can I got more. And no, the you know the big ones were, were sold out. Um, and then of course he closed it off with uh, with the rainbow chip line. So uh, you know he's got he's it's kind of a, a winning combination. I think we're starting to see he takes great photos. He's got a rec license. We can run. He can run phenos. He can run the numbers, um, and that gives him a you know it's not a it's not cheating but it gives him a greater ability to find the thing you know the more numbers you run the more things you can find um you know he's been i've been lucky to deal with him for for eight years i think he's been doing it for maybe 15 years so um you know shout out to uh, exotic mike and he uh, as as my seed bank goes because i don't carry because i used to carry and I, I don't carry jungle so he'd be my breeder of the year definitely so i would just give an honorable mention to him yeah, right on. I mean, honorable mention, exotic genetics. Shout out to your listeners for 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 enjoying me and having me on. I appreciate it. Uh, make me feel cool. Uh, shout out to my office staff. Uh, this next year uh, marks my ten years in business, and so you know I couldn't do it all by myself. Uh, you guys send me too many emails, um, but uh, uh, I do have a staff of fourteen people that work really hard and have worked for me. You know, this year we had a bunch of three year anniversaries, so that's when I really start picking up. So. I'm happy about that. I'm glad. Uh, you know, shout out to them for working hard and busting their ass. And you know, shout out to you. I saw you had a six-hour hour, uh, with, uh, with Chimera, with Ryan. That's, yeah, yeah, that was a good one. 
Yeah, it's pretty pretty impressive to sit down with that guy for that long. I mean, he's he's got he's super out top echelon of, of readers and whatnot. So uh, I was I was interested to hear that. It's you know you've been knocking it out this year with a lot of good stuff. And I'll shout out to you and thank you for you. I picked up True Canada because of you. I picked up Trichrome Jungle because of your show. You helped me introduce me to those guys and um, get their gear on my on my banks. Oh, lovely. I mean, it's it's awesome to see good breeders pairing up with good good seed companies, good distribution, so people can enjoy the good work. So that's that's awesome to hear. So, yeah, thank you so much for supporting the show. As always, it, it means a lot to have, you know, the top-tier seed bank behind our content and uh, excited to see what content we can help bring out over the next year. No, uh, definitely. Thank you as well. And, and, and look for a new look from us. I know, you know this year we introduced uh, rewards points. So we give rewards points. You buy a bunch of packs. You give, you know, you get basically 10% back towards your next purchase on everything. Um, of course, you get your discount queued from heavy, from, uh, from, from the from the podcast. Um, we, want, we might work something out for his Patreon members here shortly too. So, uh, but thanks everybody. I appreciate it. Uh, awesome. So thank you so much again for joining me for the Breeder Awards, Mr. Bain. And I can't wait to talk to you again in the near future. Thanks, sir. So there we have it, guys. 2020 Breeder Awards for the year. Do you agree? Do you disagree? Tell me why. As always, a huge thank you to James Bean for helping out with the awards. The man in the industry who can help give us some of the insights as to what goes on behind the scenes of the seed sales. And likewise, huge shout out to Seeds here now. Without their support, we couldn't make this episode or any of our episodes really. These guys have a guarantee on satisfaction, not just germination. Hottest breeders around. Go check out Lucky Dog Seeds. That's my pick for the moment. You won't be disappointed. Likewise, our friends at Coppet Biological Systems are working hard to grow the most active and healthy predator bugs to keep the bad guys at bay in your garden. Be sure to check out their Ultimite, a predator mite breeding sachet for all your thrip, spider mite and russet mite issues, all while specifically formulated for maximum release rates in a cannabis production climate. Finally, as always, big, big love to the Patreon gang. You guys are the MVPs. You really help make the show happen in a way like none other. If you love the show and want to help support it, all the while getting access to interviews early, additional exclusive interviews with people like Bodie, Mean Gene, Bob Hemphill, 707 Seabank, and so much more, go check out the Patreon. www.patreon.com forward slash the podcast. Check it out now, guys. I think that just about brings us to the end of this episode, guys. I hope you've enjoyed it. Stay tuned for the next one. I'll see you.